Thanks for tuning in to part one, our conversation with James Williams of Baseline Sports. Without any further ado, here's part two. How does your playing style or, you know, what you learned from the NBA inform your, your scouting methods today? Um, or how does it change from the beginning? <laughs> um, so, so when I first started on the, on the grassroots level, I was um, harsh. I was uh, very critical of players um, and somebody close to me read one of my, one of my reports and he was like, James was like, you know, this kid's 16, right? And I was like, so, no, like, I, I was like, it's like, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I'm like, I, I write what I see, you know, I'm being, yeah. you know, I'm being defensive almost. And he's like, but James, he's not a finished product. You know, he's like, this isn't like a, you know, a three year guy who's been in the NBA that you could be harsh on. This is yeah. So you have to be able to reel that back in a little bit and just, and he's like, still write what you see, but don't be critical of him because he's going to change. Yeah. And so that, that little, that one piece of advice helped me kind of navigate and identify my style for grassroots. Uh, because now I'm, I'm still probably, I'm very detailed in what I write, but I'm also very, um, I'm delicate with, you know, negativity, so to speak. Now I'm not saying that, you know, I still I'm still truthful, so I tell people what someone does well, what someone doesn't do well. But I won't rip I won't I won't rip a kid. Until Is that more behind closed doors with the athletes? So you know you're not gonna you're not gonna write you know Aaron Pro you know it's very loose with the ball, terrible. You know it's a turnover turnover machine, but you might have that conversation with me all yeah. behind Billy. Yeah, right, right, for sure, <laughs> for sure. And, and even, even if I write about somebody, I, I'm I'm going to put something. It won't be a negative. It will probably I will probably label it as a weakness or something that needs to be improved. And so you're just trying to, you try to word it where it's not taking, taking personal, yeah. um, you know, and I think a lot of kids can kind of receive something if it's not personal, you know, just something that you, hey, he's, he's really good, but he needs to work on this a little bit. And it's, just, it's almost like kind of a, you know, an afterthought. They, they, they're probably so happy about the, the, the positive stuff that they didn't even catch the negative stuff. So, um, gotcha. yeah. Perfect segue into my next question, which is, what do you say to a player about their demeanor and, and their body language, maybe after seeing them, you know, play in a tournament? Because, you know, you do have their best interests at heart. And, you know, and nowadays with social media videos, you know, coming out like, you know, a second clip or, you know, an outburst can, you know, really be detrimental to their recruiting um, if they're if they're not a super talented kid. So kind of talk right. about uh, those conversations and what they sound like. For sure. Um well, what I, I, I try to let people, I try to tell people, and, and this is kids, parents, everybody, um, un, un, unless you're like a stud, and, you know, those are anomalies, so to speak, you know, Jalen Green's a, a stud, um, J- Jonathan Kaminga's a stud, yeah. um, you know, Cade Cunningham's, you know, these are, these are yeah. studs, right? And the crazy, these are all really good kids, right? Excuse me. And so... Unless you're a stud, your behavior has to be on par, um, positive all the time. It has to be positive all the time because, yeah. and I, and I take that back. Not positive, but it has to be. People understand things go go wrong go wrong in games, and people are gonna react to them. Yeah. But what it can't what it can't be you can't be dismissive to your coach. You can't be dismissive to your teammates. You can't uh, appear to be. Um, you can't appear to be that you can't it can't appear that you're not coachable yeah um that you won't listen you can't you you can't showcase selfish selfish tendencies or demeanors um your body language has to be 
you know, encouraging because if you know people see that you get down um, in a in a setting like like grassroots high school basketball, what's gonna happen when you go to another level? Um, and so I try I always try to tell people that like you have to understand that somebody's always watching. And I know people, and I told them all the time. I know that's a a saying you hear all the time, but it's so true. It's even more true now than it was when I was in high school because now camera phones, people, there are actually people at games with, with cameras. You know, yeah. like, like when I was a kid, it was a, it was a dad or a mom in the stands recording the game. That was it. It wasn't like we didn't, no one had like, you know, it, there weren't like baselines lined with cameramen, you know, yeah. looking to post this stuff on social media. Yeah. So now like it's even more, it's even more true because there are literally cameras everywhere. Um, and anybody like anything can be taken out of context or it may not like, I mean, I see, I see kids all the time that, you know, I saw a kid, I saw some kids a couple weeks ago and they were just, they, they kept, they spazzed out on the bench like several times. Every time they got taken out of the game, they spazzed out. And I'm thinking to myself like, what is like, um, and me as me, I'm like, what is wrong with them? You know, like, yeah. and it's the same thing I just said. Like, if you're not, you gotta be really good to overcome a really crappy attitude. Yeah. And, you know, again, those guys are few and far between. So if not, you really got to, it got to be the right fit and the right person because They have to understand too with, with college, you know, this is people being recruited now. Coaches are picking their teams. They're selecting yeah. them. I mean, obviously yeah. at certain high schools and prep schools and stuff, you know, that that's, that's happening at a lesser mm-hmm. level in college. But I mean, everyone on their team from, from player one to player 15 is someone that the coach wants to be there. And so, yeah. you know, if you're not, you know, one of the top three guys, the, the attitude can't be an issue. Uh, kind of coming off of that, talk about the importance of not being married to an evaluation or take, which is something that is really difficult um, for, for evaluators because, you know, we don't – you don't want to point out when you're wrong, but, you know, sometimes you just got to own it. Um, so, yeah. so give me an example of, you know, that happening or the importance of, you know, yeah. walking into things with an open mind. Yeah, so that's the one thing I, I definitely um, – I, I feel like I'm definitely one of the more open-minded – guys well I, I don't know how people i know how i am i know but i know i definitely know that people put certain guys in boxes yeah and I, so the quick story i'll tell you is the first time i saw Jalen green um i wasn't impressed with him i wasn't um i i felt like he didn't he didn't play well that get, the, the day i saw him um he made bad decisions um and i was like wow this is like i think at the time he's like the number five player in the country i was like i was like and i was i just was like no i, I didn't see it right and but the one thing I know about basketball, I know about, and, I, and, for, and more importantly, I know about people, is that people are always evolving, growing, and changing. Mm-hmm. And so, I even I tell this now, like you never know what what's going on with the kid. You know, the kid may break, have just broken with his girlfriend, or his mom's sick, or you know, um, you know, anything. You know, he left he left his lucky shoes at at, at home, and you know. <laughs> You know, it could be you just, you just never know because, you know, we're people and certain yeah. things make us tick and other things don't. And so, you know, like if you if, if I had just decided that in that moment when I saw him the first time that he wasn't a good player, like, you know, how wrong would I have been? Right. So instead of doing that, I just I, I wrote what I saw. Right. Yeah. So I, I wrote down the things that I just mentioned that, you know, he, he made bad decisions with the ball in his hands. He, he shot poor from the field turn the ball over. I, I wrote that and I, it wasn't, this, this wasn't a public report. So it's just, it's, it's my notes for people who subscribe to my service. Yep. But I see him again later and then, you know, he's evolved. I've seen him at USA basketball in uh, October. And then I see him at Chick-fil-A classic in December. And I'm like, this isn't the same kid that I saw the first time. 
Yeah. And so now, so by by the last time I saw him, I'm like, he's arguably the best player in the country. Like, yeah. And this is and the cool thing about my job is I get I get to see these guys. So I get to see Cade. I get to see Evan Evan Mobley. I get to see Jonathan. I get to see Chris. Um, Jonathan, Chris, uh, Joshua, Joshua, Christopher. Yep. I get to see. I get to see all these kids. You know, I, I see. I get to see them, and I'm like, so I really have a good gauge of for talent at this point. And I'm not doing just a regional thing or you know, uh, you know, coastal thing. I'm doing. I've seen everybody, and so when I see Jalen, the last time I see him, I'm like, he's the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. Like everything's just kind of on. Like you see, like he's you know put on some weight. He's handling the ball. He's making better decisions. He's shooting off the dribble with ease. He's elevating over defenders. He's creating for his teammates. All, all these things, and I'm just like, wow. Like, if I if I had a gone with what I saw first, how how stupid would I look now? Yeah. You know, as a and so like what I typically try to do, and I think it, it's a good avenue to take is you never want to put anybody in a box. Yeah. And I, I think it's harder. And I think the thing is, it's also harder if you see somebody often, because then you get custom, accustomed to somebody, and then you know you may not even appreciate what the kid does well because i think a lot of times also is that we we ha- we we want to magnify flaws as, as opposed to highlighting strengths you know and yep. i think um because at the end of the day what does he do well you know like people don't know what he doesn't do well but he does this well he does this well he does this well and he can, he can contribute with those skill sets and i think yep. a lot of people have to understand that like no there's not a perfect basketball player you know the closest one that i've ever seen is michael jordan and um, he wasn't perfect, but you yeah. know, so there's things that everybody's gonna have to work on. And so I feel like if you understand that, you can make it a, a truthful evaluation mm-hmm. and not label somebody harshly at the same time. Gotcha. Kind of similar to that. So basketball is, you know, very relationship heavy. So, you know, talk about being honest in your evaluations while A, not being hard on a kid, B, understanding that you need to be fair, you know, for college and high school coaches to want to continue working with them, you know, because no one's going to be happy with, with rankings ever. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of times that, that, that people get upset that, you know, player A is being talked about while, you know, player B that guarded them and had similar stats are, are, are not heavily mentioned. So talk yeah. about kind of navigating those relationships, especially, you know, in a public space like Twitter or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely difficult because everybody wants their guy to get shine and get get love and um, and that's I, I'm and I, I'll be honest I'm still not great with social media as far as just highlighting players I'm I'm, I'm doing my best to do better with it but um, there's only some there's only so many people you can write about and that's that's yeah. honest God truth um, I, I feel like um, there every in theory. There are a lot of guys that I can take notes. If I could, I could show you a, a set of event notes and you'll see that I have notes on. Case I went to an event a couple of weeks ago and there's, you know, so 10 players per team and there's, you know, 70 teams in the event, you know, like there's a lot of teams. So I can get notes on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I can't write about everybody. Now, do I, and the thing is, this, that's the thing I try to, I mean, I, I may have notes on you, but I can't, I'm not going to write about you because I mean, well, well, let's say you shot well from the field for the event. This other kid shot, you know, 65% from three, you know, and he took a bunch of shots. So it's not, so like, yeah, you shot, you know, you made three out of four and, you know, three out of six. So you shot the ball really well, which is great, but this kid shot the piss out of the ball. And yeah. so between the two, 
I'm probably gonna talk about him because he had, he probably he he did a better he did a better job. Not saying that you didn't, you know. So he, it's just it's it's interesting to like share. And I, I I try to share tell people all the time too, players in particular. I was like, look, I understand that you guys want to be popular and be known on social media, right? And then like, yeah, of course, yeah, everybody wants to like get their likes up, you know. I get it. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, but what's the what's the end goal? And I always try to I I try to be be as direct as I possibly can. What's the end goal? I want to get a scholarship. Okay, well that's I'm help I'm gonna help you do that. And so like if you can understand that, that and that goes back to the building re- the relationships with with people, so I can build a rapport with you. And because again, like people people I think people understand that like I don't I don't have to do it. I'm doing it because I want to help. And yeah. like so typically like the players don't I, I don't take like requests to like go see people and stuff. So this is all I I do all this stuff because I want to. Yeah. So when I'm doing these things, it's just like, I, I want to help you. And, and so listen to me, I'll tell you this, like, this is what you need to do. Don't worry about Twitter and Instagram. And I, I know they just be like, whatever, you know, I know they're not listening to me, but I, I the end goal is, as, this is the thing I was, am I going to tell you, am I, am I going to tell the coach about you? Yes, I will. Yeah. And so am I, am I going to put you in my report that's going to coaches? Yes. That's what you need to be worried about. Not if I tweeted about you and, you know, you got, you know, you got to re- you got to retweeted, and you know, other people get to see it. Let's worry about you get a call from a coach tomorrow. That's 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 the end goal. So, and gotcha. I think I think if people have a, a open, um, are receptive to that, the better yeah. off they'll be in the long run. Gotcha, gotcha. What's the biggest lesson you've learned since you started your own service? Um. Always be in the gym always been in the gym um there's there's so much basketball being played even in the pandemic right now there's still a lot of basketball being played uh case in atlanta we've been in the gym every weekend since june 27th um so every weekend uh so there's there's been something going on so the thing is this you can't although i can't there's still like i still see players all the time that i've never seen before which is just you know it happens but um the more you're in the gym, the more, the more you, the more information you're going to gather, whether it's player game skill stuff, or it's like personal stuff, you know, grades, you know, interpersonal relationships with people, demeanor, character, coachability. Um, you, you can't, you can't get those things on film, but I know streaming, streaming is really big right now. Yeah. Um, and which is, I think it's beneficial because the players need something and they need, they need platform to showcase themselves. But, yeah. um, but I think, be always be in the gym because that's my job. You know, it's my job to be in the gym and watch basketball and to watch and, and evaluate people. And I can't do that from home. So be in the gym. Gotcha. Let's talk about how you're expanding, you know, your business right now. And then we'll move on to, you know, high school questions. So, you know, you, you hired a, a bunch of, you know, an intern staff. So talk about, you know, kind of your plans for, for expanding baseline in, in, uh, in the near future and kind of far out. Yeah. Uh, well, um, the business, has grown um, drastically since I started. And so everything was, obviously when I started, it was just me. And I was, you know, traveling all over the place, you know, going to different events. And, um, which was fun. I, I mean, I still I still want to do that kind of stuff, but there's other things, there are other avenues and there's other lanes that like, mm-hmm. um, I need to establish myself in order to kind of submit, you know, a presence in the space. And so, I started a you know launched a website. I, I launched a website 
um, have a, you know, I manage a, a player database, which is private only to people who subscribe. Um, started, a, started a podcast. Um, I write event, I write event, you know, articles and event reports. So there's a lot of moving, there's a lot of moving parts. And so now, um, having some assistance, what either with coverage of events or social media, uh, handling social media, managing the database, um, it's just. It's all grown so fast, and even the, even the pod, I started launched launched the podcast. So, so between all these different avenues, um, I I stretched myself too thin, and so needed to I needed to definitely like bring on some people who could help and uh, assist and continue to grow the business. Because if I if I didn't, nothing would get done to the level or the, the like or to the, the or to, or to, or to my liking. Because the detail I, you like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so having having other people to help definitely uh, will, will allow me allow the company to kind of expand on a, a more rapid level, I think, for sure. Cool. So you're uh, in your interview with, uh, I believe his first name is John Stovall. He works for mm-hmm. Nike. Um, mm-hmm. He mentioned something interesting. He said that level is the most overrated thing in basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And also the popularity, you know, it's kind of a popularity contest, you know, versus a basketball contest. So right. talk about, you know, level being overrated and, you know, t- telling kids to focus on, you know, dogging your matchup as opposed to IG highlights. Yeah. So um, I think it's definitely an old school mentality for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think at, at some point it was, this was kind of lost that, you know, I think a lot of the people still say, you know, if you're good enough, they'll find you. And I think at some I think at some point that was kind of lost. I, I, I truly believe that that was lost. Yeah. And that a lot of kids who probably were were good, were good basketball players were being overlooked because they weren't going to um, the the right schools. Yeah. But what I think has happened over the the course of the maybe the past ten years or so, what you find is that like while all, while all those still a lot of one and done guys and a lot of guys are still getting drafted, a lot of teams are being filled with guys who who didn't go to those schools and who maybe were four-year guys and who who played at mid-majors and low-majors who have you know skills and attributes that fit with NBA teams mm-hmm. so so level I think if you find a, a team a, a program that that you fit in and that fits you mm-hmm. that that should be the only goal that matters because if you go to if you let's say I want to I want to play you know I want to play college basketball I'm gonna I'm coming out Division one offers from a few high major, you know, high majors, mid majors, and low majors. And what I'm looking for at this point, because what I'm looking for is the best fit for me at that point. And yep. so somewhere I can go play right away, somewhere where I can contribute, somewhere where like I'll be given the leeway to make mistakes, right? Um, and then what happens is you have those kind of if you go to that if you go that route, you'll kind of go through every as every stage of what college basketball typically was back in the day when Michael and Ralph Sampson and all those guys played three or four years of college. They they were the freshmen who you know didn't have any responsibility. You kind of slowly ease your way into a leadership role in your sophomore or junior year, and then yep. by the time you're a senior, you're the guy on the team. That's how it's supposed to work. Yep. So those guys typically now those guys who have those kind of those like uh, careers in college, they come into the NBA more ready to play than those freshmen yep. who. Um, who were one and done, and who kind of been the guy at every since they were twelve. So like I've been the man since I was twelve, yeah. and then now since so I get drafted, you know, top fifteen, and now there's twelve other guys on the team who are just as good as me. And like, yeah. how do how do I how do I navigate that? 
and that's hard for a kid who's never had to deal with anything while you find a, a kid who's you know been a, a, a bench warmer who's got a little tick and became the man over the course of four years that that guy can be dropped in any situation and he's going to thrive because he you know he's ready he's been prepared for this kind of stuff yep. and so i think that if you pick the right place and you're allowed to grow organically that's the most important aspect because i think that that helps you become the best you um and at the end of the day you'll get to where you're supposed to go i think people somehow are so confused that like if you're an nba player you're an nba player now there, there, there are certain guys that like are on the cusp and you know they may or may not be able to do it but most of the nba players are pretty easy to identify if you're if you're good at your job and i i typically can oh he, he's he's going to leak and, you, and as long as this guy like john said as long as you don't mess it up Typically, can you point those guys out? And honestly, whether you're a one and done guy or you're a four year guy, if you're an NBA player, you can see it. There's a couple of kids who graduate from out of my state last year who aren't like highly touted, like, you know, you know, USA, All American, all those guys. They're not the, but these guys are going to be pros. I, I just know it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like, so for me, it's just, it's kind of waiting to see now. It's like, when is it going to happen? Is he going to pop early? Is he going to pop late? Yeah. But the, as long as he doesn't mess it up, it's going to happen typically. So. Gotcha. Um, Let's talk. We'll do two more questions, and then we'll we'll finish up with the uh, the the front office exercise. Uh, so, talk about today's elite athletes and how they have you know a different mindset than I believe you know athletes even ten years ago versus twenty years ago. You know, they understand branding. They're focused on branding even in high school. You know, yeah. sometimes even as early as, as middle school, there's so much more attention on them. Um, you know, especially because of social media. You know, they're ranking. Right you know, middle school kids now, you know, as young as, you know, fourth and fifth grade, which is ridiculous, but um, they understand that college basketball is a job. Um, they're more socially conscious and, you know, more aware of kind of the positives and negatives. So, sorry, excuse me, positive and negatives of social media. So kind of talk about um, how they've, you know, they, they, they've changed over time um, to, to deal with the times and kind of how tightly knit they are, especially at the, the elite levels. Um, so there's a, there's a cool side to this. Um, I think that th this generation of kids is definitely more, um, has, has more of an entrepreneurial spirit. I think, um, I think the cool thing about that is I think that is directly correlated to like LeBron and KD and Steph and all these guys who have like, who, who kind of established like brands that are outside of the, their sport. Right. Yep. And like, and presence is outside of that sport. And I think, so like, you know, LeBron's, you know, and this is at the NBA level, but so now you see guys, if they can kind of build it beforehand, how much more valuable are they? I think these kids are recognizing that, that if you build your brand the right way and you actually are, you know, elite and can be a, a successful basketball player, how much more valuable would you be to the masses because you've already come in with the following. As a, so, you know, LeBron signed a $100 million deal with Nike as a high school player before he even, even plays, you know, NBA basketball was like unheard of back in the day, right? But yeah. now that makes more sense now because now these kids, you know, some you see some kids, they got two million followers on, on social media, on Instagram already. It's His like, son. Right, you know? <laughs> you know, like it's it's crazy to think about. And so that that kind of stuff, you know, so like that's that's valuable, you know, to the pocketbook of companies. Yeah. So those are the kind of companies that will want to get that will want to get into business with you because of that. Um, and so I think that's that's so important. And I think there's certain, there's certain kids that do it the right way. I think, that, but I think the downside to that is the kids that are doing like that, 
it only encourages all the other kids to do it. And everyone doesn't have that, you know, like everyone, that everyone isn't the popular kid, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just kind of that way. Everyone can't be the popular kid. Gotcha. And, and it's okay. But I think you know the guys that are, I think they're they're doing it the right way. And I think the the cool thing, um, how how close they are. It's it's. I I think that it's cool um, that these guys are like friends. Yeah. Um, while they still compete, I've seen these guys like they talk crap to each other they're aggressive when they're playing against each other, but like off the court, they're like, they're really, they're really friends. Yeah. Um, and so I think I, I definitely credit that to the, again, the, the, the previous generation of NBA players who kind of showcase that, that, that friendships yeah. don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a hatred towards somebody that you're competing with. Like competition is just that, like if you, I mean, I t- I, this is, this was my line since I was in, in high school. If you put him in front of me, I'm gonna kill him. And I, you put my mom in front of me, she's gonna get crossed up. Like, it's just, how, it's just, <laughs> Nobody said, <laughs> you know, like that's just that's just how it works, you know. So like, gotcha. so like, my competitive drive doesn't like go away because I'm playing against my friend. It probably intensifies. Now, does that mean I'm not? It gives me more bragging rights to talk crap to when, when we're not playing. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of these kids have that. I think only, I think, but I think the older people only see, oh, they're so close, and there's you know, and it, it kind of irks them. But truthfully, yeah. you know, man, even back in the day, you know, guys would have like celebrity games and. You know, Michael Jordan has celebrity game. I, I remember going to a Dominique Wilkins celebrity game and yeah. other NBA players played in. They've been doing this stuff for years. It just wasn't on social media. So I think it was yeah. more private. And now that it's out public, it, it bothers people that they're so close and friendly publicly. Yeah. If that makes any sense, yeah. Yeah, and I think Jordan even got killed. I think uh, Jeff Van Gundy called him. I forget what he said. He said he was the silent assassin or yeah. something because you know he would he would go to dinner with uh, Oakley and them before games, and then he would kill him on the kill court. court. Yep. And I mean, I definitely still love to see kind of that old school, really competitive mentality and guys like Dame Lillard and Jimmy Butler. But yep. uh, give me an underrated uh, player in the basketball space, whether that's you know a tournament guy, a scout, trainer, media. And then we'll move on to that uh, that last part. Um. Wow, underrated guy in the basketball space. Uh, tournament guy, I would probably say there's a guy named uh, Jer- Jerome Weaver. Okay. Uh, he's based here in Atlanta. He runs this. Uh, he runs a tournament called the Tip Off Classic. He's, cool. uh He has a company called Hoop Hustlers. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerome runs. It's probably you know it, he doesn't he, he doesn't run like as far as like number of events. He yeah. only runs he runs this one event every year but it's it's probably one of the best non-shoe independent and when I say he gets all the shoe teams in this event that's what yeah. happened so like it's it's pretty much a, a Nike Under Armour Adidas showcase almost because he gets all those teams and he gets a lot of independent cool. teams in it as well what's his name again Jerome Jerome Weaver he runs he runs a company called Hoop, Hoop Hustlers cool um and the awesome. events the events called the tip-off classic so he's probably one of the guys that I think I mean because because I think because he doesn't do more events, I think you know he kind of flies under the radar. But his his event is definitely um, phenomenal. One of one one of the, one of my favorite events for sure. All right, so we're gonna uh, do a little exercise at the end. So so I want you to create your own front office organization. You know from from top to bottom. So let's run through that real quick. All right, so um, so I'll I'll say I'm the I'll just say I'm the owner. So I'll start as the owner. So I'll, okay. I'll, put, myself, put, my, I'll put myself in that position. Okay. That way I keep it keep it easy. Um, I would say development guy, and you got me last time, so I'm going to say the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Mark Edwards, one of my one of my closest uh, friends and mentors in the business, uh, would be the player development coach for the team. 
the head coach would be David uh, Vanderpool, who's assistant with the Timberwolves, I believe, right now. Mm. Uh, the assistant GM would be, um, I'll say, let's say Malik Rose. I'll make Malik Rose my assistant GM. Okay. Uh, my regional scout. Um, my regional scout, I would say. Thomas Scott. Thomas Scott was my roommate in Cleveland. Uh, he's the son of Byron Scott. Uh, Thomas is, uh, he works for the, the Big Three right now, but I think Thomas has a good eye for basketball. So I would say Thomas Scott was my regional scout. I think he was with the Lakers before that, too. Yep, he was. Yeah. He was, yep. Uh, my, my my international scout would be Patrick uh, Engelberch, who's the director of nat- uh, international scouting for the for the um, for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. What what owner it. what what owner would you do most like in the NBA? I guess is the best question. Um, wow, that's a good question. I like um, well, I, I like so I like Mark Cuban because I like Mark Cuban because he's definitely very passionate. I like Mark Cuban. What's the guy's name with uh, Steve Ballmer? I like those two guys because because they're passionate, right? Gotcha. On the other side, I like the um, uh, what's the owners for the Miami Heat? What's their last names? Um, uh, they they own Amway. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to. Yeah, I know you're talking. Arisons. Yeah. Arisons, the Arison yep. family, because they they're more so hands off. They just let they hire the right people and they let them do their jobs. So they let Pat I, Riley run everything. They let Pat Riley. Run <laughs> So I, I, I can I, res, I respect both sides of it. I respect the passion of Mark and, and Steve, but I, I like the fact that they just kind of like their hands off and they kind of let their guys do their thing. And he's been successful with it. So I like I like those two guys the most. And I would probably, if I were ever an owner, I would try to probably mirror a little bit of both. Yeah. While being very passionate for my team, also allowing my team to allowing the people that I hire yeah. to do to do their jobs. For sure, for sure. Uh, give me one. Uh, kind of early takeaway from the bubble games have you been have you been watching a lot of those games or no yeah i, I have um the the biggest takeaway is tj warren <laughs> <laughs> he's been a bucket his whole life i don't know why yeah. people are surprised by this <laughs> but I, I think what is is because there's like i think i think it's just the, i think it's the spotlight of it all it's, yeah like, I, I agree with you i definitely know that tj's been a bucket but yeah. like this different though like almost like like 50 something then a, a so 30 pieces back to back to back like yeah that's so tj warren's been the biggest takeaway um and then then the phoenix suns you know like just that you know like their offense is unbelievable i mean booker has been really cooking last question um when did you knew that that you had made it um and kind of what are your what are your long-term goals um i don't think that i have made it to be honest i i think i carry around I, i don't think i've done anything um and I say that, you know, with a grain of salt. You can take it with a grain of salt, but I feel like I'm just there's so much more to do. Yeah. And I think that like um there's um it's exciting it's exciting to be kind of be in be in it in the moment. Yeah. Um I think if I ever have the ability to kind of step back and look at it, I'll I'll be definitely proud of what I've done mm-hmm. uh so far. But I just think that there's still a lot more to go. So I, I don't think I've I don't think that I've made it. Gotcha. Um, and the long-term goals are um, just to continue to grow and be successful, um, whatever that looks like. Um, I've always wanted to be a, a NBA GM. Like I wanted to run a team and be a decision maker for a team. Um, but I think at the same time, I'm I'm definitely 
comfortable in my skin now. I think just growing up and maturing a little bit more, like yeah. I, I I wouldn't say no to that. I wouldn't say no to that, but at the same time, like if my business grows to where I think it could grow to, I would yeah. perfect I would be perfectly fine um doing that as well. And so I think more so it's just now like controlling the destiny, whatever it is, and just um and being happy in the moment. Like bas- being around basketball every day is just I'm I'm elated, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to kind of be around it and even like being able to make my own decisions and like yeah. call, call shots, so to speak. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's exciting to kind of do. Um, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking and frustrating at the same time, but I mean, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's any job that you like, but, but I'm, I, I wouldn't ask for anything else. I wouldn't. For sure. So tell the people where they can find you on social media and uh, your podcast name. Cause I, I really enjoy it too. So. Yeah. Give yourself um, <laughs> so the podcast is called Attacking the Paint. Uh, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, um, anywhere else. Most I think it's on most uh, podcast platforms. Um, and you can find me on Instagram or find us. I guess I can say us now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTL Hoops. Um, yeah. So like Instagram, Twitter. That's pretty, pretty much all I'm on. And um, you can you can follow subscribe and you know get involved i guess you know, get absolutely involved. man yeah uh, last thing i i really want to show george some love uh because <laughs> i i mean i'm 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 wearing the the michael vick jersey that that's that's all i got from that area but For sure. I mean, it's it is really cool to see all the high school talent that's coming up there yeah um, I thought it was funny. Mark Mark Edwards was talking about uh, you know, the the vitamin D from the sunshine. You know, <laughs> that theory was interesting, though. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, but um, you know, you have the floor. Is there anything you uh, you want to talk about? Well, just well, you you mentioned that, so I just uh, actually I'm wearing my shirt right now. I got I got this shirt made the other day. Cool. It just says we we hoop in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so um, I know that you know I think it's definitely more pop- popular now, but it's still kind of afterthought. I think overall, but I just, you know. We, we hoop here. Um, I think we're, we're definitely a basketball state just as much as anything else in the state. Yeah. And um, Atlanta produces, you know, we've had McDonald's All-American, the lottery picks the past, Yeah. I can't, last 10 years or so, we've had a lottery pick and McDonald's All-American in pretty much every every year or so. Um, I'm going to ask you real quick before, one last one, I lied. Okay. Uh, okay. What's the kid that you're really high on right now from, from Georgia? Mm. He can be known or unknown. Uh, let's see. That's a oh, that's a tough. See, you're gonna get me in trouble. That's a really tough question because there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of really good kids. Um, okay, so this this is this is an easy one, and people are probably gonna be mad at me for saying this, but uh, Jabari Smith Jr. I'm really high on him. Um, and the, the cool thing is he's no. This is the so my my first weekend of getting into grassroots sports. I saw Jabari Smith Jr. I went. I went to a um, a, a local showcase um, camp. Yeah. And Jabari was a rising tenth grader at the time, and so to see and I, and in, my, in my first ever article, it's on my website. You go look at um, uh, it was called the South the South Atlanta Showcase or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Jabari was one of the guys I wrote about, and to see him now as a rising senior and be a top five player in the country and to see how he's evolved and matured in his game is just, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to say, like, again, I'm happy to say that, like, I saw him first. Well, 
I can't say I saw him, but he was, yeah. he was the first person that I saw when I started grassroots um, primarily. Gotcha. And, the cra- and then the, the, the flip side of the following weekend, no, this is the craziest story. The following weekend, I see Matthew Cleveland. Like literally wow. the, the next weekend, Matthew Cleveland. It was Matthew Cleveland. Same thing. Just, so, to, so both of those guys are probably the guys that I'm like high on. But there are, there, there's so many guys in the state that are just really good basketball players that um, – that you know, still like you know, we we're producing a lot of basketball players per capita in, yeah. in the country, and like, there's so many to talk about. And I know that's people are gonna say, "Oh, you didn't." That was lazy, but <laughs> but 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 I think for but for me, they, they mean something because, like I said, those those are the guys I saw first, and that's that's the true statement. Those the guys I saw first, yeah. And to see them now, three years later, to be where they are, you know, Matthews, yeah. Matt, Matthews with going to Florida State, Jabari's gonna go wherever the hell he wants to go, yeah. Um, and you know, so to see them now is I'm just I'm just happy. I'm I'm really high on those guys. I think those guys both have um, shots to be in be in the green be in the green room one day. Um, I, I really yeah. believe that. So those I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you in trouble one more time. The the most underrated food spot in the area, and you can't say Magic City. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Wow. You know what? I'm not. You never mentioned my mama house. My mama house. My, mama house. If my, my mom. My mom. And this is. I. I will stand by this, and I will. I will. I will bet anybody money at any restaurant in this city, soul food wise. My mom can cook anybody under the table. No joke. But like case in point, there's a buddy of mine. He's a scout from out uh, in Vegas, yeah. and he's like, "Hey James, where I get some soul food from?" I was like, "My mom." And so I. I literally. So it was like a, it was last minute random. I was like, I try, I literally tried to call my mom to see if she was cooking so I could take her to get some food. That's how serious I was. Yeah. More so than anywhere else, I was like, I will take you to my mother's house and she will make you a plate and you will be satisfied. <laughs> and so that's that's my that's my my exit out of that. One. My mother's my mother's food is is the best food in the city by far. And if you come to Atlanta and you give me a heads up, I will guarantee you a plate for my mother and you will you will second my my vote. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Got you. Appreciate you coming on, brother. Great talking with you. Likewise, man. Thanks. Thanks for this. Talk to you soon. All right.